This is Laura, and this is German Grammar Pod. This podcast is about relative pronouns. In this podcast, I'm going to cover the basics about relative pronouns. Then, in the next one, I'm going to talk about exceptions, special cases, and the impact of prepositions. That's words like in and with. So what are relative pronouns? Relative pronouns are words that link a noun or a clause to a relative clause in a sentence. For instance, the which in I saw a film which made me laugh is a relative pronoun which links film to the relative clause which made me laugh. In English, you could also have used a that as the relative pronoun instead. For instance, I saw a film that made me laugh. Or, if I had been talking about a person, I would have used who or that for my relative pronoun rather than which. For instance, the man that made me laugh or the man who made me laugh. For native English speakers, when you first start trying to recognise relative pronouns and relative clauses, it can be quite confusing because in English the word that isn't always a relative pronoun. It can also play several other roles in a sentence, one of which looks very similar to when it's acting as a relative pronoun, because it also links two clauses together. This is when that acts as a subordinating conjunction. For instance, the that in I saw at once that he missed her. When you have a that that links two clauses together, I think the easiest way for native English speakers to work out whether it's being used as a relative pronoun or a subordinating conjunction is to try and substitute it for a which or a who. If you can, then you are dealing with a relative pronoun. If you can't, then it's a subordinating conjunction. For instance, with I saw a film that made me laugh, you can substitute that with which and the sentence still means the same thing. I saw a film which made me laugh. But with I saw that he missed her, neither I saw which he missed her nor I saw who he missed her works. So that that can't be a relative pronoun. People who aren't native speakers of English may well not have this problem at all. It may be obvious to you from your native language what is and isn't a relative pronoun. But if it is ambiguous in your language and you know a workaround, please can you post it as a comment on my blog so that other people can see it. Anyway, on to how relative pronouns work in German. Unlike English, German doesn't differentiate between whether the relative pronoun is linking to a person or a thing. And it doesn't have a choice between who or which and that, like English does. Instead, with a few exceptions which I will talk about later, German uses the word the for the relative pronoun. For instance, Ich habe einen Film gesehen, der mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. I saw a film which made me laugh. Now, As you know, German has more than one word for the. For a start, the word for the changes depending on the word it describes. Well, 
The same thing applies when you're using relative pronouns. In the sentence Ich habe einen Film gesehen, der mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. The word der is masculine because it links to film, which is a masculine word. If I swap the word film in my sentence for a word with a different gender or a plural, then the relative pronoun changes to match it. For instance, Ich habe eine Komikerin gesehen, die mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. I saw a comedian who made me laugh. Or, Ich habe ein Bild, Nüte, gesehen, das mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. I saw a picture that made me laugh. Advanced learners, you need to be particularly careful with the relative pronoun das because there is a tendency for both native and non-native German speakers to confuse the relative pronoun das, spelled D-A-S, with the subordinating conjunction das, spelled D-A-S-S, as they are both pronounced precisely the same way. This tendency almost gets worse the more proficient you are at German, which is why I'm warning advanced learners about this in particular. If you're in a situation where it's important, I recommend trying your sentence with a different gender of noun and seeing how it comes out. In spoken German, though, it doesn't matter either way because you can't hear a difference. Back on my examples of relative pronouns, we've had the three genders, so let's have a plural one. For example, Ich habe drei Filme gesehen, die mich zum Lachen gebracht haben. I saw three films which made me laugh. Notice that when I changed from a singular to a plural, the verb in the relative clause changed to match. I'll put it in a different tense in the English translation, so you can see that that happens in English too. The reason it didn't change before is because the tense I was using in English doesn't ever change to match the noun for that verb. So you go from Ich habe einen Film gesehen, der mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. I saw a film which has made me laugh. To Ich habe drei Filme gesehen, die mich zum Lachen gebracht haben. I saw three films which have made me laugh. So that was gender in relative pronouns. You match the gender of the relative pronoun to the word in the previous clause that the relative pronoun relates to. But it's not just the gender that determines which form of the word the you use in German. It's also case, that is, nominative, accusative, dative or genitive. To understand the next part of this podcast, you need to know about cases. If you're already comfortable with the basics of the nominative case and the accusative case, then you should be able to understand and apply the basics of what I'm about to say. I'm also going to talk about the dative case and the genitive case. But beginners, it's fine for you to ignore those bits. Understanding about the nominative case and the accusative case is enough to be going on with. If you're not sure what the nominative and the accusative are, then I suggest you go back and listen to my podcasts on the nominative case and the accusative case before you carry on with this podcast. So, cases. 
how do these affect your relative pronoun? Well, the answer is fairly simple. While your relative pronoun gets its gender from the noun it relates back to in the previous clause, it gets its case from the role it plays in the relative clause itself. Those examples I gave you about the things which made me laugh all had the relative pronoun in the nominative because that's the role it was playing in the relative clause. If you're in any doubt about why that's the right case, try making the relative clause into a full sentence on its own using the noun the relative pronoun relates back to. In Der Film hat mich zum Lachen gebracht. Der Film is in the nominative because it's the thing doing the action described by the verb. If that explanation still leaves you wondering how I knew film was in the nominative in that sentence, then I recommend that you listen to my podcasts on the nominative and the accusative. They include a thorough explanation of how those cases work and quite a few tips on how to spot which case a word should be in. But back to cases. As I was saying, a relative pronoun doesn't have to be in the nominative. It could also be in the accusative, the dative, or the genitive, depending on the role it's playing in the relative clause, in which case you change the form of the relative pronoun to match. For example, Ich empfehle den Film, den ich gestern gesehen habe. I recommend the film that I saw yesterday. In this sentence, the relative pronoun is in the accusative, as it would be if you rearrange the relative clause into a full sentence, which would give you Ich habe den Film gestern gesehen. In my full sentence, Ich empfehle den Film, den ich gestern gesehen habe, Film happens to be in the accusative in both the main clause and the relative clause, but it doesn't have to be like that. It's only the role that the relative pronoun plays in the relative clause that's important in determining the relative pronoun's case. So in Das war der Film, den ich gestern gesehen habe. That was the film which I saw yesterday. Film is in the nominative in the main clause, but the relative pronoun linking to it in the relative clause is in the accusative because that's the role the relative pronoun plays in the relative clause. Conversely, in Ich habe einen Film gesehen, der mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. I saw a film which made me laugh. Film is in the accusative in the main clause, but the relative pronoun is in the nominative, because that's the role the relative pronoun plays in the relative clause. So, just to make that clear, the relative pronoun always gets its case from the role it plays in the relative clause. The case that the word it links to is in doesn't matter. Although it gets its gender from this word, the relative pronoun's case comes solely from the role it plays in the relative clause. Now, you may have noticed that I've been using only a masculine noun to talk about the accusative. That's because as I'm sure some of you remember, the masculine is the only place there's any difference between the words used for the in the nominative and accusative in German. So, although der becomes den in the accusative, das stays das 
and D stays D, whether referring to the feminine or the plural. So that was the nominative and the accusative. Let's have a look at the dative. If the relative pronoun is playing the role of a dative in the relative clause, then you use a dative. For instance, Ich habe den Mann gesehen, dem ich das Bild gegeben habe. I saw the man that I gave the picture to. Or as some speakers of English prefer it, I saw the man to whom I gave the picture. The neuter relative pronoun is also dem, and the feminine one is der. By the rules I've given you so far, the dative plural relative pronoun ought to be den, which is the word for the in the dative plural. But it's not, or at least not quite. So far, all the words we've been using have been precisely the same as the word for the. Well, this changes when we get to the dative plural and the genitive. Instead of den, the dative plural relative pronoun is denen, so den with an extra en on the end. So you get Ich habe die Männer gesehen, denen ich das Bild gegeben habe. I saw the men who I gave the picture to. Or I saw the men to whom I gave the picture. The same exception applies to the genitive. Instead of the word for the, in other words des for the masculine and neuter, and der for feminine and for plural, you get dessen for masculine and neuter, which is in fact d-e-double-s-e-n, so it adds an extra s as well as the e-n, and deren, d-e-r-e-n, for the feminine and plural relative pronouns. For instance, Ich habe den Mann gesehen, dessen Katze ich gesehen hatte. I saw the man whose cat I had seen. Or, Ich schenke dir alle Aufmerksamkeit, deren ich fähig bin. I'll give you all the attention that I am capable of. Or, as some people prefer it, I'll give you all the attention of which I am capable. Or, Es sind drei Dinge, deren ich bedarf. There are three things that I need. You might have noticed from those that genitive relative pronouns are tricky because they don't always correspond very well to English. Often, particularly when one comes immediately before a noun, dessen or deren mean whose, but they don't have to. They can also mean of which or of whom, like they do in the second sentence, Ich schenke dir alle Aufmerksamkeit, deren ich fähig bin. Only, as you can see from my first translation, I'll give you all the attention that I am capable of. This isn't always how the sentence would come out in English, depending on whose version of English was being used. It's useful to be able to think of this sentence as I'll give you all the attention of which I am capable. Whether or not that's how you'd usually prefer to express the sentence, as it more closely mirrors the German that way. The choice is then yours, whether this is the version of the sentence you use in English or not. My final sentence, the one illustrating the plural, is the furthest away of all from what we'd say in English. This is nothing to do with the fact that the plural's involved. 
either of my first two examples would also have worked with the plural. The problem is that my relative pronoun's role in the sentence is as the object of a verb that takes the genitive. There is also a way of expressing that verb in English so that it sounds more like the German. That is to translate bedürfen as to have need of instead of just to need, as I did in my translation. So, es sind drei Dinge, deren ich bedarf, would come out as, there are three things that I have need of, or there are three things of which I have need. I chose not to do that, because I wanted to highlight the fact that when your relative pronoun is the object of a verb that takes the genitive, you need a genitive relative pronoun whether or not the English translation of the sentence comes out with an of in it. Thankfully though, German verbs taking the genitive are pretty rare, so you'll rarely need to use them, and I doubt beginners and intermediate learners will even come across any verbs that take the genitive outside my podcasts. If you do want to know more about verbs that take the genitive, I talked about them in my podcast on the genitive. For higher intermediate and advanced learners, by which I basically mean anyone who already had a thorough grasp of relative pronouns before they started listening to this podcast. While I'm talking about genitive relative pronouns, I should mention that German native speakers often use derer, that's D-E-R-E-R, instead of deren, for the genitive relative pronoun for feminine or plural nouns. Having discussed deren and derer, with a number of native German speakers, I discovered that there doesn't seem to be any real consensus about when and if it's acceptable or appropriate to use derer. This is made worse by the fact that Duden, the set of books which Germans turn to to rule on grammatical issues, seems to have changed what it says about derer as a relative pronoun in the last few years. Fortunately, what is true is that it is, and always has been, correct always to use deren as the genitive relative pronoun for feminine or plural nouns in any circumstances. Sometimes native German speakers will prefer derer over deren, but deren is always possible. For this reason, I suggest that you stick to deren as the genitive relative pronoun for feminine and plural nouns as under all the rules we were able to find, this always counts as correct. Very, very advanced learners, if you do want to copy native German speaker use of derer instead of deren, I suggest you listen for it in use and copy the sentences you hear very precisely. The only useful rule I was able to find is that derer cannot be used immediately before a noun to mean whose, for instance, deren katze whose cat. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can or should use it in other sentences, only that you can't in sentences where the relative pronoun is immediately followed by a noun and means whose. Everyone else, which basically means anyone not already both fluent in German and living in a German-speaking area, I suggest you adopt my approach of always using deren as the feminine and plural genitive relative pronoun. Right, back onto stuff for everyone. Before I finish, I want to say a few words about word order. You may have noticed that in a relative clause, 
the conjugated verb comes right at the end of the clause. This is because a relative clause is a type of subordinate clause. So all the rules on word order in subordinate clauses apply. Basically, with some exceptions for modal verbs in the conditional, this boils down to the conjugated verb, that's the one that changes its ending to match the subject of the clause, going right to the end of the clause. Intermediate and advanced learners should note that just like with any other subordinate clause, you should always have a comma between the preceding clause and the relative clause. For instance, ich habe einen Film gesehen, comma, der mich zum Lachen gebracht hat. Advanced and intermediate learners should also note that in spoken German, Germans often use main clause word order instead of subordinate clause word order for relative clauses, that is, conjugated verb second. However, using main clause word order in relative clauses is considered substandard in written German. Because of this, unless you are a very, very advanced learner, I recommend you always use subordinate clause word order in relative clauses yourself. That's because it's easier to get into the habit of using subordinate clause word order for relative clauses if you always do it, and you're less likely to accidentally use main clause word order in writing or in an exam. So always put the conjugated verb at the end in relative clauses. So that's it for this time. To sum up, relative pronouns link a noun or clause to a relative clause, like the which in that was a film which made me laugh. In German, you use the word for the as the relative pronoun in most cases. The word for the, and thus also relative pronouns in German, changes depending on gender and case. The relative pronoun gets its gender from the noun it links to in the earlier clause, but it gets its case from the role it plays in the relative clause. That's the clause the relative pronoun is part of. You use precisely the same word as the German word for the for relative pronouns in the nominative case and the accusative case, and for relative pronouns of singular nouns in the dative case. But for the dative plural and all of the genitive, you use a slightly different word. This is basically the word for the with en on the end. So the dative plural relative pronoun, instead of being den, is denen. The genitive masculine and neuter relative pronoun is dessen, spelled d-e-s-s-e-n, instead of des. And the feminine and plural genitive relative pronoun is deren, instead of der. Native German speakers sometimes use derer instead of deren for the feminine and plural genitive relative pronoun. But I advise against doing this yourself, as deren is always right, whereas derer is often not. But there are no clear rules about when. I'll put a table of the German relative pronouns on my website, uk.geocities.com slash germangrammarpod. Also, don't forget, relative clauses are subordinate clauses, so the verb goes to the end and you put a comma between the relative clause and the preceding clause. Next time, I will be talking about relative pronouns and prepositions. 
relative pronouns other than the ones I've just talked about and when you should use them, and relative clauses that don't link to a noun. If you want to contact me, you can email me at germangrammarpod at yahoo.co.uk. I also have a blog, germangrammarpod.blogspot.com, where listeners have been leaving comments, some of which are very useful and interesting for other listeners, such as recommendations for other German language learning resources. My thanks as ever to Martin Krauss, who is the main source of native German speaker input for these podcasts. Anyway, that's it for this time. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.